With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. Welcome, everyone. Today, I'm joined by managing editor James Kleiman to talk about falling home prices and the layoffs and drama going on at Lone Depot. First, here's a word from our sponsor. This podcast is brought to you by PennyMac TPO, the wholesale lending partner with the support you want and the stability you need in today's market. No one is more committed to the TPO channel, and it's why at PennyMac, greatness lives here. PennyMac TPO is a division of PennyMac Loan Services LLC Equal Housing Lender, NMLS ID 35953. Licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply. James, welcome back to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me, Sarah. Great to talk to you. So one of the trending um, stories that I wanted to talk about is um, home prices are dropping like it's 2009. That is a really provocative headline and would love for you to explain what that means in that story. Yeah, so I, I graduated college in uh, 2009, and it was a terrible year. So, um, so yeah, I, I think just from that, you can you can probably already imagine that this is a, it's not a great thing, right? So, um, the big news here, of course, is home prices are now posting uh, monthly declines in consecutive months, and that is the first time that has happened since January 2009. And uh, so, in, in August, they fell 0.98 percent which is just marginally better than uh, July, which was at 1.05%. And, and so, you know, the average home price is down roughly 2% nationally from the peak in June. And for those keeping score at home or, or the, the athletes out there, that's roughly about $8,800 um, per home um, just over the past two months. And, and, you know, we haven't even entered what is traditionally thought of as, as kind of the slow, you know, fall winter home buying season. And and so this this is massive, right? I mean, we we've known for a while that home prices were, were starting to fall in certain markets, um, but there were still other markets that that have been surprisingly hot. You know, ask anybody down in Tampa, and and they'll tell you that it's it's still a pretty pretty spicy market. So um, you know, it just goes to show you that mortgage rates, um, as intended, they they have been well. The Fed rate, as intended, has uh, has trickled down, and it is really hurting um, prospective home buyers, and it is. You know, depending on on one's perspective, normalizing that housing market, and um, and it, it just means that you know affordability is is really um, probably at its worst place in decades. I think that um, you make that point in the story with the fact that with mortgage rates at six point seven percent, which we know some higher, some lower, whatever, but it it now takes thirty eight point two percent of the median household income to make the monthly poor mortgage payment on the median priced home. But with a thirty-year mortgage, and and assuming twenty percent down, so you know definitely climbing. And I mean, the home price story is one we have been watching and waiting for. Like, when is it going to stop this meteoric rise of the last couple of years, where it's like even if they dropped thirty percent, we might be back to some you know twenty nineteen level or something. Um, in some markets, obviously, some markets are, have not been that hot, but it, it is the thing that we've been looking for and going. 
that's when you really can see the market turn. And hopefully that, you know, once that starts to happen, not only can people, you know, affordability goes up because, you know, as home prices start to come down, then maybe people can still buy with those mortgage rates, but also the Fed can see, okay, it's doing its job, right? Because the the, uh, rising, um, raising the interest rates is is doing the job, hurting the housing economy, and um, maybe they'll pull back, maybe. Yeah, and and you know, I, I think right now we're we're just all trying to trying to read the tea leaves and figure out you know, where, where's the bottom here. I, I don't think anyone who's been following the housing market over the last few months think that this is going to improve anytime soon. We know that the Fed has already signaled that it's going to continue raising interest rates. Um, maybe it won't be seventy five basis points, you know, um, every single month. I, I, I sure hope not, personally. Um, but but that is that is definitely the plan is to increase the cost. Of borrowing and uh, to to tamp down inflation, uh, and and so you know what we're seeing now is is a lot of the forecasts from you know um, Moody's for example they they just came out with a forecast on I want to say it was Wednesday and they have downgraded the U.S. housing market outlook and and they're saying they're expecting U.S. home prices to fall ten percent nationally. Now that's of course. Not going to occur across every market. You know, it doesn't mean that Boise is going to fall ten percent, just as New York City would fall ten percent, or you know, Richmond, Virginia, right? So, so in in Mark Zandi's estimate, he's of course a chief economist there at, at Moody's. They believe that the significantly overvalued U.S. housing markets will fall between fifteen and twenty percent, and and this is assuming that there is no U.S. recession. Now, if there is a recession, uh, they they believe those those numbers will get quite a bit worse, and uh, Moody's is not the only <laughs> prognosticator out there who thinks that that we're we're going to see uh, a pretty significant correction. Now, having said all that, you know the the difference between say you know a ten percent decline these days for a lot of markets maybe isn't as terrible as it might sound on 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 first blow, and and that's because. You know, these home prices and home values have been increasing 20, 30, 40% over the last few years. So if they do fall 15, 20%, maybe even 25%, it doesn't necessarily mean that that we're in a, a bad place. But it does, um, you know, it, it does have a lot of impact on, on what sellers, would be sellers, would consider uh, doing in, in such an environment. Great point on that. So, you know, um, you mentioned in your story that Black Knight says that, you know, one of the key drivers behind U.S. home prices, what, you know, one of the key drivers here is that basically we saw home prices get a decade's worth of appreciation in just two and a half years. That is so crazy. Like, I know, I know that's true because I sold a home in this and um, in this environment uh, in June or July, I think was the actual close date. And there was no way I thought we were, you know, I mean, it wasn't what I was expecting. You know, you just had this huge balloon up. But to your point, even if it falls 10%, 20%, we're still uh, up quite a bit. And to your other point, you know, inventory is one of the things keeping home prices so high when so much else is is getting kind of tight. Because, you know, when we talk about a mortgage rate lockdown, at the heart of that is like, people are locked into such a low interest rate that they have very little incentive to sell. You have little incentive to sell and then buy another home, then you're just locking up more inventory. So, uh, you know, it's going to be a, it's going to be interesting to keep an eye on. Yeah. And, and also it's, <laughs> I remember when you sold that home 
and um and and Colorado, right? And a pretty active market and I think if you were to to <laughs> to do that process over today I, I don't know. Well, you, would you have a multiple bid situation, do you think? No, I don't. Maybe. Um, we didn't. Probably not, though, right? We didn't even have a multiple bid situation then. And um, yeah. so we just wrapped up our Housing Wire annual conference, and I did a panel on uh, housing market um, economics, right? A super session. And we had Logan on there. We had Soma Hep from CoreLogic on there. We had um, Lisa Sturdivant from Bright MLS. And we had Matt Graham from um, MBS Live. It was a great panel. And, you know, I, I went specifically to Soma and I was like, tell us about home prices, right? What's happening? And she said, you know, the some of the things that you point out is that like those really hot Western towns, Boise, um, call things in Colorado, whatever, they saw the biggest run up and they're also seeing, you know, most of the depreciation, you know, the home sales, I'm sorry, home prices falling because they did have some of the, the highest growth. So especially those mountain towns now, you know, people are like, Oh, there's always, you know, demand there. And I think that that's true, but I, I do think that, you know, it's a much different situation today. So you know, it- <laughs> yeah, no, it's interesting. It, you know, this this report that we're, we're talking about right now is from Black Knight. It's their monthly mortgage monitor report. And um, what, what I really like about this is, is that they're they're looking at a lot of different markets and and they're identifying you know how big is the dip depending on where you are. And so you know, if you're in let's say Philadelphia, New York City, Boston, like it's not that big a dip. You know, maybe you'll drop you know um, less than one percent um, in in terms of uh, you know home prices. But if you go out to say Here's a great example. San Jose. San Jose from June through August, according to Black Knight, is down about $203,000. That's 13%. Wow. Yeah. San Francisco, we're down 10.8%, about $137,000, which will probably buy you, I don't know, like a <laughs> you know a studio apartment for like $73 million because it's such a crazy market. But, but all these markets, with the exception of, you know, a handful are out on the West Coast. You know, it's Seattle, it's yep. San Francisco, it's San Jose. It's it's um typically often where you find a lot of tech money, right? And and it, it certainly corresponds with um you know what you see in in the stock market, which is zero tech companies going public these days that I can think of, right? You know, and we're not seeing um as hot a market, and that's going to affect the local real estate. It really is. And I think that, you know, I mean, we've seen, you know, our, our lead analyst, Logan Motoshami, is called a housing recession. And, um, you know, even the Fed has talked about a housing reset. So we've already seen in our industry, you know, massive layoffs. We're about to talk about um, Loan Depot. But I think the tech sector has also been hit really hard. And so you can understand why some of those tech towns, um, Austin's down 3%. But again, I mean, Austin, what what was their run up in the last two years? I don't even know. I mean, I had a son there, you know, who sold his house for all this money, and then you know, I've other other people looking, and it, it's just a crazy market. So down three percent is is good as far as getting it back to normal, but nowhere near. I mean, I, they had to have been up more than twenty percent. Oh, at least, um, yeah. I I would think they it's were one much of the hottest markets. Fact. Yeah. So we know that Tampa, you mentioned Tampa and some other place, Miami. They Miami's were both, big. Yeah. They were both still up thirty percent. In home prices, you know, at, in like July. So yeah. So to your point, I mean, things are are definitely at least stabilizing, seemingly. But we have a long way to go before you know maybe it's back to normal. And 
I also think that, you know, this gives fodder to the people that are like, you know, housing is a terrible thing. It's about to crash and all these things. It really depends on if you're smart with the numbers, because if you look over month over month, or if you look over, you know, we're down this much from last year, it's like, okay, but you know, again, how much are you down compared to 2019? And I would wager that in most uh, metros, you're still up quite a bit. I think the concern would be, let's say you bought in 2020 or 2021, and you were pushing the limit on what you could get with, say, DTI, or, or maybe, you know, it was, it was just in range, but um, possibly a stretch. I don't think there's a concern with, with necessarily the mortgage rate, right? Because you probably got, you know, a rate in, in say, twos or threes, although who knows if you got non-QM or, you know, you didn't, you didn't quite fit neatly into that box. Maybe, you know, maybe it was a little higher than that, right? But um, it wasn't so much the financing problem. But if you lose your job now and you bought and you paid, you know, 50000 over ask in a bidding war in Nashville, and now you no longer have that job, I mean, you know, it's 100 divided by zero, right? Like it's still zero. It's, it's a problem. And um, if, if you can't lean on your stock holdings anymore, I think this is where we see the greatest risk. And, and it's, I, I don't think there's a credit risk out there, but I think there are a lot of people, maybe you got FOMO, maybe, maybe they just had normal circumstances change and, you know, they had a, a bun in the oven, you know, a baby on the way or whatever. And, uh, and they decided to, to capitalize and buy during 2020 or 2021. And that looks great if you keep your job and your wages remain stable and your payment is is still, you know, very achievable. If you were stretching, now we're looking at a not only a housing recession where your equity is probably going to remain, you know, maybe it'll increase a little bit, um, but probably not not like, you know, it, it did over the last decade or so, right? Um, and then you lose the job in a recession, like an actual recession, not just a housing recession. This is where we get into the issues. Now, from the housing market standpoint, I still think, to your point, these are going to be markets people want to live in. People are going to want to live in Nashville because it's a cool town. There's a lot going on. Right. It, is, it is still hip. It's interesting. It's dynamic. Um, you know, People are still going to want to live in Boise. They're going to want to live in San Jose. You know, These are still epicenters locally, but it's, it's still it's going to hurt some people for sure. Just because you can't always have winners in every economic condition, right? Just as there weren't during the boom in 2020 and 2021, there are going to be casualties. Um, and so now I, I think it's going to be people that were stretched and, and maybe lose a job. And, and in our own industry, you know, housing, mortgage, we're seeing a lot of that. You know, if, if check out LinkedIn or or uh, Facebook, whatever, how many underwriters do you know that are looking for work out there? Yep. Thousands, tens of thousands, possibly. And we've been told by multiple people, um, you know, at, at, you know, who watch these things that we still have, you know, we haven't, we haven't right sized yet. We have not gotten to the end of the right sizing. And so we expect this to continue for the next, you know, definitely the rest of this year into next year. So let, let's, let's jump to uh, some of the other news that we've been reporting, which is uh, what's happening at Loan Depot. So um, tell tell us about the jobs that they're shedding and some of the ways that that's working out for their employees. Yeah, it's it's a tough situation, and and Loan Depot they're they're just like the rest, right? They're they're trying to figure out how to shed a lot of their costs. By some estimates, they need to shed about half of their expenses to uh, you know to to maintain profitability, and that's I mean that's incredible. <laughs> this is a huge company. It has, or it did have, you know, thousands and thousands of workers. And now 
the job is to to look and figure out not even you know what's fat right i mean you're you're cutting a bone when when you're cutting off half your company uh, or the expenses related to that company it is always going to be um incredibly difficult when when you get that deep and so loan depot is uh, you know they, they've reorganized pretty much all their departments they have made major cuts in operations uh, if you're a mortgage underwriter if you're you know somebody who's a processor if you branch manager, um, there's a decent chance that you, you have already received, uh, the pink slip. You, you've already been laid off, you know, they've already made thousands of layoffs, you know, over 4,000, um, year to date. And, and that's going to continue, um, over this year. And they are really, really committed to cutting as much as they can possibly cut uh, while remaining competitive and and leaning on you know certain operational i guess strong points that they have you know and they talk a lot about mellow and they talk a lot about you know just the power of of their uh you know they have so many email addresses and they have so many uh potential leads when the market turns they can refi and and they're looking to get into helocs which um is is supposedly going to be happening in a few weeks um but at the same time, you know, they're, they're making all of these major changes in terms of the operations, but the executives are not exactly taking it in, in the same fashion. You know, where they're, they're getting pay raises, frankly, they're getting, um, you know, big bonus possibilities. They're getting salary bumps from base salary. You know, they're now to be clear, they're not getting the raises that they got in 2020 and 2021 where, you know, Anthony Shea, he made, I think it was something like $50 million in total compensation in 2020. And, um, you know, a lot of his lieutenants made 15, you know, around the $15 million range in 2020, you know, none of these folks are going to go hungry. Um, but, the people that I've spoken to at Loan Depot over the last few days, when they heard about uh, the fact that the company executives are, are getting raises, they're getting big bonuses, given that they are they are the leaders, right? They're, if if they're in the position they're in, it's partly on them, right? You know, if, if you take all the victories from 2020 and 2021 and, and talk about how great you did and and how accomplished you know your, your leadership was, um, then one would think that 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 would perhaps um, you know, play out similarly when, when times are tough and, and times undoubtedly are tough, but, but the executives are, are not, you know, n- nobody's taking a dollar a year in salary, right? You know, um, and, and maybe you shouldn't expect it. This is still America. And, and, um, I, I hear about, <laughs> uh, this kind of thing all the time across all industries. And I don't think what Loan Depot is doing is any different than what a lot of companies are doing. Um, but it certainly leaves a bad taste in the mouth of a lot of rank and file workers who are like, wait a second, like you're, you're asking me to cut my salary. You know, you're giving me new responsibilities. We've had a reorganization, you know, like several of them, in fact, and, uh, you're telling me that I need to make sacrifices to, to keep this job. And yet here you are saying that you deserve more. Um, it's, it's really difficult for them to take, you know, it's, it's a tough situation. And, and this is, like I said, playing out at, at other lenders there, there's, you know, no reason to think that what's happening at Loan Depot is unique. Um, but it, it does, you know, I, I think it does press upon a really important point here, which is you know, management is not the same as the rank and file. No, I think that's a really good point. I mean, and 
we know that, I mean, the way that you do these things really has a big um, PR effect one way or the other. We can think about better.com, which still has, you know, I mean, if you're someone looking up, oh, let me look up better.com and what you're going to see is that, you know, a pretty disastrous layoff that happened over Zoom in a, in, in a way that seemed very uh, tone deaf to the people getting laid off the same same way whereas you know the company might feel like okay well we have to incentivize the leaders so they don't leave because we need great leadership at this time um, I, I don't know if that's why or not I, I'm just saying that maybe that's their rationale at the same time the way that that looks in the optics and to your point the way that makes the rank and file feel and this is a cyclical industry so when it goes back around and you know you need to hire some more people then what's your reputation uh, about how you how you treat people. And I, to your point, I don't think it's just Lone Depot, not trying to pick on them. It's just that um, all of this is very, you know, people in mortgage, we all know each other. I mean, I, even I, I'm not in mortgage. I just cover mortgage. You go to conferences, you see the same people, right? It's a pretty small industry in some ways. And so the way that you treat people is really important. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Lone Depot, <laughs> on on uh, the, the day my story came out, that they would be uh, increasing compensation for their executives. Uh, Frank Martell, the CEO, who has a reputation for cost cutting and is, is a very, very smart guy by all accounts. Uh, he wrote a letter to the staffers and he said, you know, among the changes that we need to make to, you know, to, to keep going and, and prosper as an organization, are we are going to be suspending the 401k match for employees at least through the end of the year. Uh, they're going to reassess it in the new year. As the the market you know improves, when that will be you know who who's to say right? Uh, and and they're also going to be closing a bunch of real estate offices. They're going to be consolidating their footprint around their uh, their headquarters, their base in Orange County, California. But they're also going to be making some closures in Florida, in Arizona, in uh, around the Nashville area. And um, you know it's like I said, it's uh, it's the bitter pull to swallow, but they do. In a lot of ways, have to swallow it. Uh, like I said earlier, go on LinkedIn. Look how many people are looking for underwriter jobs out there. Even if you are getting a pay cut, even if you are getting you know getting yanked around and, and doing totally new things, and you're not happy about it, you don't feel like things are are um, you know going very well. Morale is not great. You have a job, and that's more than a lot of people can say. And so Home Depot is correct in saying this is the option. You know, you take it or leave it. And and people are, in a lot of cases, going to have to take right. it, um, even if they're unhappy about it. I think that's why, you know, uh, our economic news is so important right now. People are really looking to that to try to plan their business and also plan their own lives. Like, you know, how how big of a housing recession is it going to be? I can't imagine how we escape a larger economic recession because the Fed is like, listen, we're not going to stop doing this until basically we, we put the economy into a recession. So the question is like, how long, do, you know, what does that look like? Um, is there going to be a job loss re recession along with that? What kind of jobs are going to be lost? Because the Fed has said they're going to hike rates until they see unemployment grow. They want to see people lose their jobs. That's really uh, unfortunate, but it's true. So what kind of jobs are going to be lost? We, we know that at the, you know, there are some service sector jobs that are usually among the first, um, but they're not the, they're not the only jobs. These are all professional jobs we're talking about in the mortgage industry and people who uh, usually do pretty well. So um, yeah, it's, it, it's why our economic news is really registering with people right now because they need to know. 
Yeah, and, and it's also why we're seeing a lot more M&A activity. You know, we haven't seen a ton of deals necessarily, but we know uh, from the conversations that we've had with with a lot of folk, um, you know, both in the industry and, and the advisors to uh, the executives that are, are um, you know, interested in potential deal making, that, that there are a lot of conversations happening right now. Um, and, and we know that there are companies that made a lot of money in 2020, 2021, and they've been waiting for the right opportunity, for the right moment. Um, and, and nobody wants to pay book value at this point. Right. So, um, it's, it's going to happen. I think we're going to see a lot more deals start to take place, um, over the fourth quarter is what I'm hearing fourth quarter and first quarter. We're going to see way more deals, um, based on the sources I've spoken to. And, and, um, you know, by the time the story comes out or by the time this podcast comes out, rather, we, we might have a story to publish on on one of those. So it's um it's going to be an exciting time if if um a, a pretty a pretty awful one for for a lot of people. So certainly people should be paying close attention to what happens in the larger financial markets. And um, you know, I, I would recommend also reading the Wall Street Journal, reading Bloomberg, and uh, you know, seeing how these larger macro effects uh, you know start to trickle down to, to mortgage and and the personnel within it. You know, we um, we had an, another of our annual um, HW annual panels was talking about this. So we had Mark King, who's the president of Keller Williams, Nick Bailey, president and CEO of Remax, Josh Harley, the founder and CEO of Fathom. Um, Tracy Velt was also on there moderating our Tracy Velt, a blockbuster panel. So any of these three guys could be a headliner. They were on the same panel. It was really interesting. And one of the things they brought up was M&A and how they are getting calls from people. They're like, hey, you want to acquire us? Hey, you want to, you know, there's plenty of people either on the real estate side title side, the appraisal side, mortgage side, who are, you know, going, listen, this, we need an exit. And um, so, yeah, that's going to be really interesting to look at going forward. Yeah. There are so many, especially on the solution side of it that I hear. Yep. James, thank you so much. Really interesting insights uh, from this podcast and from what you're seeing. And thanks for the great coverage that your team is doing. Thanks for having me, Sarah. How have the 2022 housing market forecast changed? Or how is the industry navigating the shift to a purchase-driven market? HousingWire's premium content program, HW+, answers questions like these and offers a variety of member-exclusive benefits that are tailored to what you need to stay competitive and agile in today's fast-paced market. Go to housingwire.com forward slash membership to join today. With your HW Plus membership, you get access to longer form digital content, the Housing Wire magazine, member exclusive rates to in-person events like Housing Wire Annual, and more. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show or leave a comment. We'll see you back here on Monday for more news and insight.